0: Hello, and welcome to episode nine of the Leroy and Leroy podcast. Uh, We're excited today because we have uh, our biggest guest that we have ever had on the show, and I can't wait to get rolling into this, but uh, I don't know where Leroy behind the camera is. He told me he was in the studio, and he's not here. So I'm going to try and track him down and uh, see if I can figure out where... He is, uh, so that we can do this. Hello. Hey, I'm in the studio, like getting ready to record the podcast. Are you, are you here? Uh,
1: well, what's, um, where I, I'm here.
0: Like you're not in the studio though. Like no. our um, guest is going to be calling in any moment now. And, okay. uh, it would be easier to do it if you were here. Okay. Once I find my keys, I'll be right up there. Okay. Well. All right, well, he's calling, so I'm going to, yeah, okay. Maybe, what if you did two voices, you pretend like you're me and you, that uh, could work? Yeah, okay, I'll get right on that. Okay, I'll work on that. Uh, You get here, and then we'll, yeah, we'll we'll work on this podcast okay. thing. I'll be right there. Um, it's not far. I'll be right there. Okay, sounds good. So we are super excited uh, to have somebody on the phone today who I think really embodies there's always something to do. Uh, because he's got uh, three kids, and a wife, and a music career, and two dogs, and the list goes on. Brett Kissel, how are you?
1: I'm doing really well, my friend. How are you? Leroy Leroy. Do I got
0: both Leroys, or just just one Leroy? Uh, Leroy behind the camera, I don't know. He wandered off somewhere, and I haven't seen him since. So I imagine he'll be back, (laughs) probably right when we're wrapping up the interview. That's usually the way it goes with him. He's probably doing something technical, though, you know? Well, that is important. It's always good to have
1: a supporting cast. I mean, look at... Look at me and my band. I'm very lucky. I got six incredible band members, and so uh, yeah, those guys behind me on the stage, and then you've got all the crew. Like uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty special to have. I don't have another Brett in my
0: team, but uh, having two Leroy's, it's uh, pretty special. Uh, although, like on that note, I have seen you team up a lot with Brett Wilson. Yeah,
1: and 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 uh, and even Brett Hart. We got a one. We got one photo. Brett Wilson, me, Brett Kissel, and Brett Hart. Three Bretts in one photo. I'd love to create some content one day, Leroy, where it's Brett Wilson, me, Brett Kissel, uh, Brett Hart, um, Brett Hall,
0: Brett Eldridge, Brett Young. Uh, Who else could we have? You you ate up all the Bretts I had in my head. (laughs) I think so. Oh, Brett Boone used to play for the Seattle Mariners. Oh, Brett Favre. Oh, how'd
1: we forget Brett Favre? Oh yeah. Could you imagine if it was all of us Brett's in some kind of
0: contact uh, that would be amazing. Just like the Super Bowl of Brett's all in all in one one big I agree. Uh, video. Uh would be absolutely incredible. What uh what have you been doing? How you how you been uh holding up through this whole uh COVID thing? Well, I sure don't like COVID. I'll tell you that for free. I'm kind of
1: uh, kind of done with the whole thing, you know, and I uh I'm pretty excited to get back out on the road and go play. Um, it's very interesting because in this day and age of cancel culture, I have to be very conscious because maybe even saying that, you know, sounds disrespectful. I know that it's affected a lot of people. It's, it's affected every small business, every major business, it's affected everybody and everything. And it's a, it's a giant thing, but I'm just so excited for there to be light at the end of the tunnel. And so for being a positive thinker, and being a guy who loves to plan. I love to plan. I love goals. I love vision boards. Um, I'm just excited to get back in the SAP. And uh, that's what I'm holding a lot of focus on right now for business, for creative, uh, the creative aspect of my business, entrepreneurship, family, traveling, get-togethers. Just can't wait for
0: it all to come back. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it, I think we are all looking forward to life getting back to normal at some point, although it looks like your wife kept you busy moving furniture around during the pandemic.
1: Uh, yeah, that was, that was not fun for me.
0: And moving,
1: uh, especially the amount of stuff that we ended up moving, um, I realized I'm, I'm a hoarder. I should be on the TV show. Uh, it's very organized, but I, I am a hoarder. So we have to get rid of a lot of stuff. And bringing in some of these things and taking 75 million trips back and forth into the house, it just was not fun, which is another reason why I need country music to get back so that I could just be on the bus. I'd rather bring in gear out of the semi-trailer into the arenas instead of bringing stuff from the U-Hauls into the house. One of them is a lot more fun than the other.
0: <laughs> well, I imagine that, uh, you know, growing up on a, on a ranch, that hoarding probably just is like a natural thing. Like you hold on to things because you just might need them at some point.
1: Well, as, if, you, if you grow up in that type of setting, you know, my grandpa bear, he is a self-proclaimed organized hoarder. I mean, he's got scrap metal and he's got nuts and bolts in a margarine can in a plastic margarine container in his machine shed. And that margarine container is from the fifties and these bolts are from the 1800s. I I swear to you, I swear to you that my, my great grandfather came over from the Ukraine with these nuts and bolts. And one of these days, my grandpa's going to use them because you never know when you need a rusty nut and bolt. So I guess I come by it honestly. (laughs)
0: That's right. So how did, how did, how did this all happen for you? How did you go from, uh, from ranching to, uh, country music superstardom you know what i don't really
1: know it's just one of these things where it all just happened now it happened with a plan it happened with hard work it happened with perseverance and drive and commitment and, and attitude and i guess once upon a time somebody did tell me that i have a little bit of talent so with all that being said you put that all into this recipe and i just never didn't play i never didn't sing i never didn't perform so from the time I was an early, uh, you know, early age and a, and a young kid, Leroy, I've always wanted to do this. So one thing led to another and here I am 31 on the Leroy and Leroy podcast trying to give you a straight answer
0: to a question I don't think I know how to answer. That's <laughs> well, pretty much the pinnacle of everything being on the, uh, the Leroy and Leroy pod then, right? Well, exactly. I mean, you're going you're gonna to look back and your family's going to say, so how did it all happen? And You're probably gonna say, "I don't really know," but it did, and here we are. <laughs> you're probably not wrong about that. This last uh, ten months, eleven months, I guess, for uh, for us has been an absolute uh, whirlwind. We kicked off, we kicked off twenty twenty one, saying, "Hey, let's give uh, TikTok a try, and uh, let's see if we can get to ten thousand followers by the end of the year." And uh, clearly, yeah, the last uh, the last eleven months has been an absolute whirlwind. So you're you're probably right <laughs> saying that. And like, how many how many followers do you have? I think we're we're about three hundred and sixty four thousand on TikTok and about just about uh, two hundred and eighteen thousand, I think, on Instagram right now. So that's yeah, been wild. Yeah, it it is amazing. And you, and you think about you know the the previous version of, of, of uh,
1: well, I mean, Leroy and Leroy. I mean, I I don't know if people really know. Leroy and Leroy. But I think to myself, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have 330 some thousand people on TikTok. Most of them are probably Canadian. Most of them probably speak the same way that you speak. And most of them are like, yeah, you're right. Those giant silver balls on the white mud in Edmonton, they are kind of stupid. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) It's it's 100% true. Although I feel like Calgary takes the cake with the big blue ring. There's, there's a lot in Calgary
1: that, uh, that of course, under the, uh, under the hmm, as I hold up air quotation marks here in this podcast, if you call it art, then that's all you need to say. Because most art sucks. It re- like it's, only, it's only like the, the beautiful pencil art or the beautiful paintings, like in the Palace of Versailles, that you look at that and you're like, that is magnificent. Only very few people in the world can do this. Whereas you have a lot of these things or I don't know, you give an elephant a paintbrush and at the Edmonton zoo and you sell that painting for $20,000. You call that art. And like, Oh my gosh, my two-year-old could do that. Give me the 20 grand.
0: <laughs> you pro- And it's probably those artists probably get asked the same thing. How did you, how did you get here? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody just came and bought this big blue circle from me and, and I just had a big full bank account. Yeah,
1: exactly. And I do love it. And, because as a songwriter i can often say look this was the true inspiration behind this song and when you hear the lyrics of tough times don't last tough people do you know exactly what that means and i painted the picture to the best of my ability try to be relatable try to be vulnerable and genuine and authentic and then it's so funny to watch on tv some big uh, artists from italy and it just literally looks like scribbles on a canvas. And he says, this represents time and space and the true conundrum of who we really are. And you're thinking to myself, I think you're full of it. I think your two-year-old just did that. And now you're making $2 million. But art is subjective. So what what, what can I say? I don't got $2 million in my bank.
0: Fair, fair enough. Neither, neither do I, my friend. Uh, you've had some pretty amazing experiences through, through, your, uh, through the course of your career so far. And I've got to ask about uh, about playing with Garth Brooks. Open it up for Garth.
1: You know what? As, uh, as I speak to you right now, I'm in my, my music room, my office, and I'm looking at a photo of Garth and I together right now. And it was the single greatest experience I've ever been able to have in my career was getting a chance to stand on stage and sing with him. But on top of that, after doing 20-some concerts with him, every day got better. Every show was another magical moment. It, it, it's, it's so hard to describe, Leroy, because there's literally all these different memories that are rolled into the one experience called the Garth
0: experience. Um, it, it's indescribable. So what was it? Like, what... What, what do you think it is that, uh, that d- does it for Garth? What does Garth do differently than everybody else that really sets him on a whole nother plane? There's a lot to unpack there, but I just feel that his level of care and
1: attention exceeds everybody else's. And it's not meant to compare because every single artist who's ever won a Grammy or sold a million records or got a number one, has a very high level of care and attention to their craft and what they love about this but where i've experienced garth seems to do it better and on a bigger scale is because i don't think anybody loves it as much as garth loves it there's a high, the high the higher achievers in the world and planet earth um nobody loves basketball as much as michael jordan and nobody loves throwing touchdowns as much as Tom Brady. And nobody loves scoring goals and carrying his team on his back like Wayne Gretzky did. That's why you're the best at it. And so nobody loves entertaining and bringing people together the way that Garth Brooks does. George Strait certainly does. Carrie Underwood certainly does. And I certainly do. But there's this other level that I don't know if many of us or any of us will ever be able to um, – really achieve and and i've seen it and it's hard to describe but his level of care and attention and true passion he gives of himself every time he steps on that stage for three straight hours to 30,000 people and it's the most magnificent experience i've ever i've ever witnessed
0: oh yeah he's absolutely incredible live and then you know, I've got uh, the behind-the-scenes look at my day job. I'm kind of involved with radio, as you know. And from every person who I've talked to who has ever, ever had a conversation with Garth Brooks, uh, they said that uh, it felt like he, he really cared. Like he, he would remember them and remember their kids' names the next time he talked to them, and that's what blew people away. And I feel like maybe that's one of the things that really sets Garth apart. Is that You are saying he cares about his craft, but he cares about all the people he meets, too. Well, absolutely, because he's so genuinely
1: grateful for everybody in those positions and in those situations who obviously care about him. And he's so appreciative of that. So you've had your encounters with him. I've had my encounters with him. And the thing about it is that there's a lot of artists and a lot of celebrities that love what they do. But the fanfare and the things that come with it is more of a byproduct. And they're like, look, I just need a little bit more of my, t- my own time. I am an introvert. Or, oh, my God, another interview. Whereas Garth loves every part of the business and every part of the game. I swear. So for me, I just find it so interesting to learn from a guy like that with his, with his definite care and um, his just willingness to share his life and his music with as many people possible and because he cares so much people care about him too it's an amazing
0: transaction yeah he's absolute, an absolute legend i want to flip to another another live another one of your live moments uh so you're standing you're standing on the on the ice in edmonton uh, uh just starting to sing the anthem and all the sound cuts out on you uh what what goes through your head in that moment
1: well, I know I can't swear on the, on the podcast, but you can imagine the word um, that I'm thinking about right now. If you just think really long and hard, there's only one word and you yell it at the top of your lungs when you stub your toe or you hit the ditch and you're like, that's what I was thinking in my head. But if you watch the clip the, on YouTube or you see it on a highlight reel, the same microphone that's tied into the, the sports or the TSN or the hockey night in Canada truck is, is, is different than what is in the arena. So people could hear me on TV, but I couldn't hear myself in the arena and also all the 19,000 that were there can, can vouch and justify that. Not only in that moment did the sound go down, but the big screen went black too. So it was a massive technical glitch and I had two options. Well, go back to the dressing room and I guess we're not going to sing the anthem or try to conduct my hands and my fingers. And 19,000 people saved me from not just hitting the ditch, but saved me from a head-on collision that probably could have gone viral for all the wrong reasons. And it could have wrecked my career because if you screw up an anthem, your career is over, period, the end.
0: Whereas this time actually it went viral for a good reason. Yeah, you had that that video absolutely blew up, and uh, I thought the, the look on your face and uh, the way you took it in and adapted and just rolled with the moment I thought was absolutely incredible. Uh, and that's kind of the feel I get from you, Brett, is that you uh, you kind of just soak up every moment that you get. I, I I really do, and I love
1: to manifest. I love to meditate, and I love to be open to the universe at any given time to truly just present opportunities or challenges. Because if there's moments in my life where I've failed or I've made a mistake or something didn't go according to plan, I mean, there's always an opportunity to look at that moment and, you know what, rise above it. So I'm very grateful that throughout the course of my career and my life, I've been presented with a lot of opportunities to improve, a lot of opportunities where... Maybe someone else or a different version of myself would have really failed in that moment. But by some way, hook, by crook, God, any intervention, whatever divine intervention, I was able to really, I don't know, make lemonade when life handed me a lemon.
0: Well, I think a perfect example is your uh, the boat concerts you did the past couple of summers in the midst of COVID and trying to find new ways to do things. Uh, here, here you go and do a uh, concert on the side of a lake with people in boats uh, watching. What was, what was that experience like and how, how did that wind up coming together? Well, credit
1: goes to my good friend Brett Wilson, great Saskatchewan guy, North Battleford, Saskatchewan, made a life in Calgary and of course has traveled the world as a, as a dragon from uh, obviously Dragon's Den and has done so well in business, but he's the most passionate about philanthropy and bringing people together. And so right in the heart of COVID, we realized that, I mean, the reality is, is that there could be two, 300 people on the water or two or 300 boats on the water anyway, just living their life or, you know, living their life in their bubble and doing whatever they can do to pass the time. So why don't we entertain them? And because the drive-in shows that we did in regina and saskatoon and of course the eight sold out we did in edmonton all of that was so successful brett says why don't we do a boat concert so we picked the right date august long weekend and then we just announced that a couple days prior um and the rcmp were involved and they were so supportive because this was the ultimate social distancing so here's the thing we had hundreds of boats and what the rcmp estimated uh last year was probably 4 or 5000 people on the water this year we played what we actually believe might have been the biggest concert of 2022 cuz they you know with all the restrictions and stuff we had like i don't know 15000 people on the water
0: it was unbelievable uh the just the photos from it look absolutely incredible i uh i would love to take in a concert that way uh, and I want to tie back into a concert you did in Mooshja. So now I heard a rumor, Brett, and you tell me if this is true, uh, that uh, that your uh, vodka line, uh, that you you signed the deal, you made everything work while you were playing a concert in Mooshja. Is this true? 100% true story. Um,
1: I didn't know that the world was about to shut down, but I was a surprise, secret, special guest of Brett Paisley's. And this uh, young kid by the name of Matt Dusset and his girlfriend Kelsey, Matt had started this company called Dew's Vodka. It was doing really well in the northern part of Saskatchewan, Saskatoon and north, and really getting some legs in southern Saskatchewan. And he's like, "Hey, I would like to sponsor you." So I said, "All right, well, let's you know, let's meet first. You know, if I'm gonna start talking about vodka, you know, let's let's meet first, and I need to try it." So he came backstage at the Brad Paisley concert. And I tried the vodka and i he didn't realize where I was going with this. And when Matt tells the story, it's pretty interesting. And he said, so what do you think? And I said, yeah, I'm not interested. What I meant to say was I'm not interested in a sponsorship deal. What I ended up saying the next sentence, though, as soon as he went white as a ghost, was I said, I'm not interested in a sponsorship deal. I'm interested in investing. So I'd love to become a partner in the, in the company. And so... Matt and I structured a deal on my 30th birthday, May the 27th, 2020, and I became a 50-50 partner in Deuce Vodka. We rebranded. We brought it to Alberta, and the rest, as they say, is history. I'm just really proud of uh, of
0: our early success. And it all happened right here in Moose Jaw. I love it. It all happened in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. <laughs> uh, so we've listened. We've talked about your vodka and your concerts and the people you've played with. Uh, you also had a, uh, an outdoors hunting, fishing show. Uh, how did Backwoods Backstage come to be? Well,
1: you know what? I wish I had a, a, a really elaborate story, but the reality is, is that I love being in the outdoors. I've been very lucky to be on several different hunting and fishing shows as a special guest. And when I realized in terms of the production value that is put into these shows, it's not a lot of work or effort. And I don't say that to be insensitive. I just say that to be like, if you are a hunter, if you are an angler, if you love the outdoors, you don't need a quarter million dollar camera um, and a Hollywood level production. You want to be in the bush with the guys he's about to shoot a deer. You want to be on the boat with the guy as he's reeling in a big one. So I thought, well, I could do this. And I've got a lot of friends that like to hunt and fish. And, and, and I've got no shows, so let's start a TV show. And so my friend Jordan Walsh, who's got his own TV show, he became an executive producer. And we had a meeting with the Sportsman Network. And they said, well, we'll give you a try. Uh, in our mini-series, we became one of the top-rated shows in the entire network. And now they've renewed us for season number two. And now I get to go
0: out and hunt and fish and have the best time i love it it's fantastic and you have your hand in a little bit of everything what what's next for brett kissel i i didn't hear you sorry leora you cut said, out oh i said what's what's next for brett kissel oh goodness gracious what's next for me
1: i mean a lot of parenting that's for sure chasing after my kids um you know every day i try to improve and become a better husband so those are the top two priorities. And then I've got a whiteboard for Deuce Vodka in my office. I've got a whiteboard for Backwoods Backstage. And then the biggest whiteboard is full of goals. And I swear, like, I'm looking at probably 40 goals that I want to accomplish in the music business, which is still my priority. So I'm, uh, I'm really excited about what the future has to hold and it has in store for me and my entire team for 2022, which hopefully is going to have a lot of shows, um, a lot of opportunities, maybe a few more conversations with Leroy and Leroy Maybe I'll bring you out to Glendon, Alberta, if you haven't been there yet, and I'll show you the pierogi in my hometown. We
0: can make fun of it a little bit. I don't know. I think we're gonna have some fun, you and me. Oh, I would absolutely love that. And that pierogi is on our must list uh, must visit list of places because we uh, when we did our big Alberta tour, we went through Calgary and up to Edmonton and we came back along along the Yellowhead there and we never got up to Glendon. We did see the big sausage uh, along along the way and we saw the big Easter egg but we didn't get far, as far up as Glendon so we would love to come and hang out with you and check out the pierogi.
1: Oh I I'd, I'd love to do it. I'd love to be your uh, official tour guide because I know my way around Ukrainian food and I know my way around a pierogi so there's uh, there's a lot of fun we can we can have if you come to the village of Glendon Alberta.
0: All right well let's set it up Brett I appreciate you taking time out to chat with us today. All the best to you my friend. Well, thank you. I'm I'm. Uh, I wish I had a, another Brett, but I'm Brett Kissel, and there's always something to do. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! What a guy, Brett Kissel! Unbelievable. Uh, you know, what? you're supposed to work your way up in your interviews, and I'm not sure how we're gonna top that one. But uh, maybe one way we'll top it is by uh, making sure Leroy behind the camera shows up next time. I'm not not still not quite sure where he is, but uh, we still had a good uh, good chat with Brett Kissel. So uh, I guess I'm Leroy. I'm not sure where Leroy behind the camera is, and like Brett just said, there's always something to do.